Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Welcome to The Relatable Podcast, a safe space for open and honest conversations created for Black people. This podcast explores how we relate to one another in our intimate connections, friendships, family, and everything in between. Hosted by three Caribbean women, I am Fiona, a single mom. I'm Shaween, a very near empty nester. And I'm Chantal, a free-spirited monogamist. Relatable, because a shared journey brings hope. Hi, everyone. We're back. (laughs) We're all a little bit stunned. You can hear the silence like, we're... (laughs) (laughs) We're actually back. We're back for round two of the series, which we started last week. So it's round two of Exodus. I'm your girl, Chantal. I'm here with... The rest of the relatable crew, Shaween and Fiona. Yo, yo. (laughs) And today we also have a very special guest who we will introduce in just a little bit. But before we dive into that, Shaween, how has your week been? Fantastic. (laughs) What? Damn. She's showing off. She's showing off. All right, it's girl. been absolutely freaking fantastic. I'm sorry. Mama. I'm sorry for all the people living in the UK and in the cold and in the US. No, you're not. No, but no, I'm you're not, not though. I'm not really. I'm not really. I'm not really. But but my week's been absolutely freaking fantastic because it was my birthday last week. Mm-hmm. And I got pampered the fuck out. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm still enjoying. So yeah, man, mm. my week has been fantastic. And yeah, I'm still enjoying. So that's me. That's me in a As nutshell. Just As you should. My <laughs> Good for your birthday week should be fantastic. So yes. I'm happy that you've had that. There's no hater vibes coming from over this side of the world. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, know about the other side. Yeah. I don't know about the other side, but I, I'm really <laughs> happy you had a good birthday week. And also, Shaween, don't apologize for that. No, what I'm not apologizing. For? I'm just saying, you know, I uh-huh. know things not the brightest and sunniest <laughs> on the other parts of the world, but you know what? It's been beautiful <laughs> down here. Sorry. 
Good, good. Um, Fiona, I don't know, but I'm feeling some shade being thrown your way. I could How just dare be... you? How dare you? Because to me, I've just been very quietly listening to Shoin. I've said mm. nothing. I, I think you're being very presumptuous right now. I mean, it's only... I only just was locked out of my house this morning for two and a half hours in the rain and the cold oh. and had no oh. choice but to go in the mall and walk around aimlessly oh. and you know in the end i had to jump my wall and go into my garden <laughs> and stand up in the cold like a fool because my phone was also dead no you know, it was so nice it you know what it was the highlight of my week so you know what? oh it sounds wonderful you know you know what i'm saying you know nice. i mean i was already in a good mood considering mm -hmm. that like I was just witness like a bus driver getting a fight with like one of the parents who was trying to drop off the train in the school. Oh, okay. And it was just cold and wet and very dark this morning. It's still dark. Do you know, it's 20 to 2 in the afternoon and it's 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 just almost dark. So oh, wow. you know, it's, it's lovely to hear about Shawin basking in the glorious sunshine <laughs> and being pampered. <laughs> You know, and you too, Chantal, just, can, hey, you know, just, hey. it's not hating because maybe perhaps you are celebrating just having your skin kissed by the sun in a constant um, glow. It's okay, um, I'm not hating. But, no? you know, Fiona, hmm. one good thing you could take from all of this mm -hmm. amazingness is that you still have girl days. You jump a wall, Gasser. How flexible are you? Amazing. Jumping a wall. I am very proud of you. Shoin, I had to climb on top of my garbage bin to hoist myself over the wall. Okay? It was the most unclassy thing. I said, Lord, if people was walking and they say, that's not your Caribbean girl. Jumping a wall. Like, and I look like shit this morning too. So no, Shoin, okay. you tried it, but nah. It was the she most really ungraceful unelegant zero finesse moments oh. okay of all time <laughs> Fiona and you know what when Shireen was saying that I actually had this visual of you I'm like for real Fiona's still so nimble exactly like, she jumped over the wall because exactly. I know your wall and I was like what go on Fee. Okay. So yeah, I've already responded to the, if you ask me my weekly check-in, that was the summary. Okay. That's the summary yeah. of your weekly check-in. <laughs> oh, okay. I almost feel I feel a kind of way to share mine. And I'm feeling it's, like No, no, no. It's called a no, sandwich. No. Chantal, it's, it's called a, a sandwich. sandwich. You're right. <laughs> the sandwich. And oh, we sandwich. sandwich. No, but Chantal, <laughs> you had a lovely week and you did something lovely and it's important to share it. So please okay. don't. Don't okay. listen. London is going to be London and it's going to do its London thing. Okay. Okay. It's All not right. your fault. <laughs> so do share. Uh, do right? share. Let me live okay. vicariously through your joy. Let's go. I mean, okay. So a few days ago, Island Girls Rock had their first in-person event in Nevis since I've been here. We teamed up with Hair Pop, founded by fellow Island Girl, Dominique Lescott. She is Nivision and Jamaican heritage. She lives here in Nevis. And Hair Pop, which I know I've mentioned before, you're like, is she paying for this ad? <laughs> 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 but I have to tell you, you know, get to give you context as to why we teamed up with Hair Pop for this particular event. Hair Pop is a, an online platform which promotes natural hair care and also sells products 
And the products are all founded by Black people. So very much about building that Black ecosystem of commerce, e-commerce, and supporting Black businesses in that way. And Dominique has an actual um, bricks and mortar hair pop here in Nevis. And not only does she sell products, but she does workshops centered on hair care. She does school programs with when the kids are going back to school, they come and they get their hair braided and just a really beautiful business that she has. And so we teamed up to screen Shari Petty's Soft Hair which is mm. a documentary short made by wonderful Shari. So we screened her film. We had a panel discussion. We had a shark tank competition where seven small businesses, all founded by Island Girls, got to pitch to the audience, a one-minute pitch. And the winner um, got this huge bag of prizes. And the prizes were all donated by local companies, Nice. Just we were so beautifully supported. And then we had another competition. We had refreshments. We had pop-ups from local vendors. Just absolutely one of the most amazing Sundays that I've had since I've moved home. You know, uh, just community. It was beautiful. Sharing. So much came out of the, the afternoon that people who didn't go are demanding uh, a second screening. It's, it's just like, we miss it. We want to come. People who are coming home for Christmas, like, will you guys be doing a screening in January? I'm going to be on the island. I'm like, yo, oh, people, yeah. <laughs> it take work, eh? It take work. And we worked really hard. This is something that Dominique and I were originally going to do at Peckham Palms in mm. London. And then we all know what happened in 2020. So yes. it, it's been, you know, on the shelf for almost three, almost three years. And we're like, hey, why don't we do this thing? And so we did it. We are still, because even though the event is finished, you now have the post event wrap up, people that we have to thank, things that we have to submit. So it's not really over for us per mm. se, but just knowing that it was appreciated, so very well supported you know, our hearts are full. Our hearts are full. So that's a summary of the last few days for me. Wow. That sounds that's wonderful. It really, really it does. Wonderful. And I, like I said before, I want us to do one in St. Lucia. That would be yeah, well, amazing. Absolutely. Anguilla has amazing. already reached out to us, the youth department in Anguilla. They're like, you know, can you come here? Can you do the same thing? We're like, uh, can we rest? <laughs> but girl, <laughs> you know what the thing is, is, it's, I think... I think the, the sense of urgency and how people are, are catching on to it, I think it's because this realization of, I think a lot of people who are who are working, so say who are in these bodies in Anguilla and other places who are asking you to come, it's because they wish they had you when they were growing up. Because oh. we did not have people like you growing up who were doing you film know. screenings. And I suppose it's like true that, though. Well. But it's not true. Not like that. We had we had loads of revolutionary people, but let's we did not have someone who's like, I'm going to do a film screening and have this discussion about celebrating our natural hair and, and how you do things in such a gentle but celebratory way. And this is why they're like, can you come? Can you come? Because I mm. think it's their inner child as well. You know, and the mm. disappointments that every black woman has had to go through through life concerning mm. their hair at some point. And I think that urgency comes from 
that pain that they felt and they feel that urgency to heal mm. or even not even heal some of the young children but even the girls who have not realized yeah. or have issues with their hair yet yeah. and yeah. to capture it before they they feel the same pain that they felt growing up so girls just see it as a you are very necessary very very necessary force in the caribbean and i think you just see it like that that they are like yo we need this healing and we need to do this so see it like that you okay. rest you rest in between that right but i think it's a lot of their inner child is okay. calling out to have someone like you in their life okay Ah, Fiona, thank okay. you very much for that. I'm, I'm trying. I'm like, why is she doing this? <laughs> thank you. Thank you. No, Dominique and I, we've definitely received a lot of great feedback. And I'll share more about it on another episode. Because, you know, we have our guest here. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, yes. we, we really want to get that conversation started. So for those of you who listened to the episode prior to this, you'll know that we we dived into Blagzit or as Fiona named it, Blacksidus, you know, (laughs) (laughs) where there's this phenom almost where we have a lot of our people, Black people, either returning to their countries within the continent of Africa or returning to the Caribbean region, to various islands and deciding this is where I want to live my life. This is where I want to contribute to the greater good. And there's various reasons for those decisions. And so we shared our personal journeys last week. But this week, we have an Exodus expert with us. (laughs) That's right. We have Zoe Smith. Zoe is the founder of the Exodus Collective. Yes, there is such a thing. This thing exists. All right. And outside of that, Zoe is also a journalist, a writer, a mama, a sister, a daughter, and she is now living in Grenada. Zoe, welcome to Relatable. Thank you so much. What an introduction. I I don't know if I can live up to that, but thank you. It's a pleasure. To be in your company. And, you know, I'm still recovering from Fiona's morning. Like, I'm actually feeling triggered by the cold. Oh, I almost cried. I almost cried. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just a a gentle reminder of Mm. why you are in Grenada. Okay? So don't be triggered. Feel thankful. (laughs) Oh, I do. That you made the right choice. Yes. Amazing. Zoe, so before we let you tell people who you are, how was Mm -hmm. your week? My week was good, you know. Before Fiona spoke, I wanted to say how much I was enjoying the rain here. I don't Mm -hmm. know what it's like in Rivas or St. Lucia, but it has been pouring down consistently. And Mm -hmm. unlike in the UK, where I'm like, oh, it's so wet, I don't want to go outside. Why can't I go out? I've just been loving the fact that it's cool and calm. And for once I have an excuse to stay in my yard, me and my kids, we're just in making popcorn, coloring. So yeah, it's after a long, hot summer, just rain and and gray skies have been somewhat of a relief. And that's on the downside. And on top of that, as you were saying, with it coming up to Christmas and New Year, more and more folks are on the island, many of whom are are considering making more permanent moves to Grenada. So I've just been meeting up with people who are trying to figure out residency and citizenship and property and all that sort of fun stuff. (laughs) (laughs) The practical thing. Yeah. (laughs) 
yeah bureaucracy <laughs> all that lovely caribbean red tape um but no it's good the rain has made it all all very joyful so yeah i can't complain it's been a lovely week i love you know what zoe i love the rain here as well you know it's Me not raining too. in levis right now but i i completely understand the rain here is different it's so yeah. different yeah yeah. Yes, it's a completely different thing. It feels more refreshing, nourishing, yeah. cleansing. Yeah. My favorite time is in the morning, like four in the morning, four, five in the morning. <gasps> That's just beautiful. The bursts of rain before the sunrise. And to hear Absolutely. rain on a galvanized roof. I don't have a oh, roof, but yes. it's just That's awesome. it. Beautiful. That's yes. it right there. The galvanized roof mm-hmm. with the rain. <laughs> Is, is a meditation or it's ASMR, right? That's what they yes, call it. Yes, that's right. Yes. Yeah. I should okay. make that my next video. <laughs> <laughs> you should. In the rain. Definitely. Yeah. I, I would watch that video. And Hi. speaking of videos, Zoe. Uh-huh. A lovely segue. <laughs> um, I, we, I know those videos that you speak of can be found on the Exodus Collective YouTube. But please tell us who is the Exodus Collective? What is it and why is it here? Why does it exist? Oh my goodness, you're starting with the, the deep questions. Chantal, I have questions. to be yeah, I have to be honest. I think what the Exodus Collective is, it's constantly evolving. I think mm. when I yeah, when I first re- reached out to you back in 2020, the Exodus Collective was very much a reaction to what was happening in the UK, in the US mm-hmm. at that time. One, realizing what, what we always knew, but just seeing so clearly the way in which Black and br- Brown folks are so clearly disproportionately impacted by society in the UK and the US. But then also under the focus of the reaction to the murder of George Floyd, it just felt like a very urgent need to get out be somewhere safe and to just find solace and a place where you could be nurtured. So in a way, I mean, perhaps I could describe it as a knee-jerk reaction. For me, it wasn't like moving to Grenada as something that I had been considering for about 10 years, but the need to kind of just start telling the stories of folks who moved to the Caribbean long before they retired. Maybe they moved to islands where they have no ancestral connection, but they still go because they need mm. to be somewhere safe. Mm. That was what the Exodus Collective was about. But I think the more time I spend in Grenada and the more time I watch what's happening in the UK, in the US, I feel it's less about escaping racism and more, I don't know, finding a way to live your purpose you know, it's, mm. it's a lot bigger than like what you're escaping. And it's a lot yes. more about being, you know, fully. So, yeah, that's that's why it's not. An, it's the Exodus Collective. And again, Exodus is the, the word is about a mass movement of people. And mm. you might focus on the trigger to leave, but also what's what are you being pulled towards? And I think shifting your focus on what moving or changing your life or redesigning your life can mean for you I think that's where the excess collective is mm. is heading mm. I think I love that Zoe I really do and so you mentioned you know that you had been considering your own your personal exodus for quite some time and so we'd love you to let our listeners know where you were based prior to Grenada so I know you are of Grenadian heritage but uh-huh. where you were living gal where you move from <laughs> Ah, yeah. So I moved from, where did I move from? I moved from Hertfordshire. Mm -hmm. But before that, I lived, 
I never, I'm like, not, I'm like you, like clearly you can hear from my accent. I can't even switch. I can't <laughs> even switch to a more West Indian twang because I just don't, I wasn't one of those, like my parents left Grenada when they were eight. So I never mm-hmm. was really immersed in West Indian culture. And to right. be honest, I was like probably one of the biggest Oreos going. Like all of my friends were white. <laughs> I studied Italian at university. I wanted to live in Italy. I lived in, I lived and worked in Milan. I lived in Ibiza. So being in the Caribbean never really was on my agenda until mm. my late 20s. So I have experience of living around the world. Grenada never was the, the ideal destination, but I think there was something about just sort of charging ahead in your career. For me, I was working in journalism. I was working in news. And I got to where I thought I wanted to be and understanding the compromises that I would have to make for the next decades going forward. I was like, you know what, this, this isn't it. Mm. This is not the compromise that I want to make. And at that same time, I came back to the, to the Caribbean. I came back to Grenada and stayed with my granddad in the house that he bought after working for years, washing dishes under some restaurant in Piccadilly Circus. Yeah. And there was just, I don't know, there was just, it, it made sense to me being here in a way that hadn't previously and just walking around the land and knowing this is where my people work. This is where my great grandparents are buried. Just that Mm. connection is something that I did not feel at all in the UK, even though I had fun, you know, I had friends, I did fun stuff. I met cool people, but it was never that, that sense of being acknowledged by where you are. I didn't have that in the UK. And I did in Grenada, even though they call me English and even though I can't, (laughs) accent <laughs> they'll call you jcb oh that too but <laughs> rolls off the tongue more easily than jcb so that's what i get <laughs> well i mean the thing is it's 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 i think all of us understand that not having a connection that i think there's something spiritual about being home and i think sometimes people who are home forget that Mm-hmm. And that's why I think, you know, even though they're making fun of the just come down people and stuff, it's because we're seeing things with fresh eyes. And this mm-hmm. is why we have this excitement because I think the excitement is not because it's like, oh, it's like we never see a mango tree before. It's appreciation. Yeah. Because, you know, like I'm looking outside my window right now and I'm seeing gray and brown. Mm-hmm. Gray and brown. The sky is gray. The buildings are gray. Everything is brown, brown brick and gray sky. And you know, when you come off the plane and it's yeah. not just a whoosh of heat, but I feel like I don't use my eyes to the, like it's this, my eyes are not receiving enough light. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yeah. And it's like, when yeah. I move home, I'm like, yo, there's, there's all of these colors, colors yeah. everywhere. <laughs> color, color, color. My God. Sensory. And I'm like, it's so dull and muted here. And this is why it like this they you know make fun of the, the just comes because we have this we have this new injection of energy because we have been so devoid of that and i think people who live at home forget mm. that and those spiritual connections are maybe just something that they just know right and we don't have i think we because we've been without it we recognize when we have it mm-hmm. yeah. yeah fiona you remember us last year girl it was, <laughs> was it everything was as, it was as though you know we were like kids in a playground with yeah. new toys we never saw before yeah and every little thing we were so appreciative people giving us food just going by the surface spring seeing this and seeing that and it was like wow and that was when 
I felt grounded and realized I need to move back mm. home. I need oh. to be here. So I completely understand, Zoe, mm. when you said you did not have that affiliation. I went over the 18 years, I went back to St. Lucia many times. But after probably one and a half weeks, I always wanted to go back to the UK. Oh, wow. I wow. never felt like I wanted to be there. Maybe it's because the kids weren't old enough. Maybe mm. it's because I had not accomplished everything I wanted to at the time. I do not know. But I never felt that strong sense of belonging until last year when I came down. And it was just cemented because I started seeing everything with fresh eyes. And my soul needed it. So I completely get you when you said I, I probably was one of the biggest coconuts gas selling back in the day. So, <laughs> okay, hold up, ladies. Hold up, hold up. Everyone, hold up. There may be people listening that do not know what an Oreo is. So uh, Zoe, coconut. I would I no, I would like Zoe to define <laughs> Oreo. Thank you very oh, much. We, Oreo. Um I, I would define it as someone who wasn't particularly culturally or politically black. That's how mm. I would des- describe yeah. it. Mm. Yes. That's a good way of That's describing it. That's a very it. Uh, politically correct way of saying it. Oh, yeah. It is very diplomatic. I love yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for me, I, I was proud to be black, but I just I yes. just didn't feel that. I didn't feel that sense of. I, I can't put it into words, but it, it took yeah. a while. And I think for me, it was only until I had kids. So my grandfather, who's Grenadian, he he passed away when I was six months pregnant. Then my son was born. Then my mum passed away three months later. Ooh. So in the span of what, nine months, there was mm-hmm. death, birth, death. And mm-hmm. I think those two pillars, those two connections to my culture, to where I came from, those being removed, I think it placed the the, the burden or the responsibility on me to maintain that connection going forward. And that's when I realized, yeah, it just became very apparent how rich and how important that link was. Um, mm. So yeah, that that undid my Oreoness, I think. <laughs> uh, your, it undid your Oreoness. And you, yeah. you mentioned the passing of your mother. Mm. And I was actually going to ask you, because I know your sister very well, <laughs> your sister, Gabby, mm-hmm. and She recently put up a post about your parents leaving the UK. I think it was in their 40s. My grandparents. It was your grand, oh, it was your your grandparents. For some reason, I thought it was your parents. Okay. So your grandparents bucked the trend, decided not to retire, but to come back to Grenada in their 40s, start Mm -hmm. a business and, and live their lives fully in Grenada. And- you know, you mentioned that there was that time where you almost had your aha moment and you were like, you know what, this is this is not the life I want. This is mm-hmm. not how I want to live my life. And you may have already touched on how your grandfather kind of influenced that. So in terms of building a legacy for, because you have two children, right, Zoe? I've got three children. What? Ooh, how I miss yeah. number three? Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah (laughs) (laughs) wow and so they are with you in Grenada right indeed yes and in terms of you building this legacy this is what you now have it you know in mind that I want my children to experience this level of freeness and belonging and connection to spirits perhaps as Fiona also mentioned 
how has the transition been for them and how has it been for you as a mom looking at them having this experience oh wow another good question so for me again being honest as a kid when I would come to Grenada Mm -hmm. now as a kid I liked it I think I first came here when I was seven Um, and it was not long after the revolution and things were very much Mm. it felt very other and it was exciting I never wore shoes I could run around all over the place and I had freedom that I didn't have in England but as a teenager I hated it I was like, there's nothing to do here. It's hot. There are bugs. I did not like Grenada at all. And I think there are times where my kids experience what I experienced in later years. Mm -hmm. So I remember the first day, because we came in the middle of lockdown and we had to quarantine. And when we came out, we went straight to the beach and they had a wonderful time. And as they got out, they're like, oh, the sand. I hate the sand. I hate the beach. And I was like, oh my goodness, what have I created? What, What have I done? And consistently, there'll be there, there's stuff here that they don't like. They don't like the fact that there's no Amazon Prime. They don't like the fact that there's a Lego store. Like there's a lot, and it's embarrassing because they'll meet people on the beach and they'll be like, "Oh, how amazing that you live in Grenada!" And then they'll just go and list everything that they hate about Grenada. Oh, wow. yeah. But at the same time. I've watched them, like, they come home from school at three. My younger two, they just go off. They don't even ask for permission. They'll just, they'll just go off and play with their neighbors. They'll come back around 6 p.m. They might go off and explore the beach. They might go off and do mm. some fishing. My son does sailing twice a week. So <laughs> as much as they complain, their life is incomparable to what it was in the UK. And I guess I'm doing for them what my parents did for me, which is just sowing the seed. Like whether mm. they choose to make Grenada a significant part of their reality going forward mm. is up to them, but at least they know where they come from. At least they know what yes. Grenada is. And I think that is the legacy that I want to build that connection for them, that if they want to follow up on that, it's always there. Because I think in England, like most people don't even know where Grenada is. They mm-hmm. think it's in Spain. So you really oh, yes. have to put the effort in if you want your kids to have that that connection, I think. Mm. Wow. You know what? They may not appreciate it in full now, but they will when they get older. So many things. No, I'm telling you, so many things, even growing up at home and things our parents used to make us do and we used to be rolling our eyes. And (laughs) now we all up in that sauce. All (laughs) up in that sauce. All of the cultural shows and stuff and want to go home and watch cartoons. Mm -hmm. And then how much of a deep appreciation we have for it. So, yeah, I mean, I think it, it, it... even if they were like born and bred in Grenada, they will still at certain points like complain or, or want to do other stuff or maybe not really feel that connection. But I think it, I think you do. I think on the surface, maybe some kids don't, but I think you, you are giving them such a great foundation yes, of identity. Exactly. And like I said, I used to be in a flower festival called La Marguerite. I used to do quadrille. I hated oh, quadrille. quadrille. Yes. Yeah, yes. You know, all of those things. I used to have to go to and I used to have to wear my national costume and everybody fussing over the national costume and hated it. And then <laughs> now I could not love it more because it's given me that foundation. So you are definitely doing the yep. right thing with the kids. I mean, and they would not be sailing in London. They'll be not horse riding in London. They'll not be walking barefoot in London. Right. You know, they're getting so much nourishment, I find. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's that's one of the things for me 
that I I always look at. I gave my kids all the opportunities the UK has to offer. They could be whatever they choose to be because they grew up in the UK. They're British citizens. They have everything at their disposal. However, I know what they missed out on mm. by not growing up here in St. Lucia. Right. I know that they my kids can barely swim. <laughs> they can barely swim. They don't know what this tree is, what that is. And to me, it's, I feel, I kind of feel guilty that they did not have that, but mm. you can't give them both. Mm. So yeah. yeah, it was kind of, it, it, it's, it's a tricky one, but Zoe, I would take growing up in Grenada, raising my kids in Grenada or in the Caribbean over giving them, over in the UK I'm sorry because the grounding you can't buy that yeah and I think ladies like you just and and men too but I think folks who spent their formative years in the Caribbean when they come to the UK or the US I think that 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 thing of just being grounded in who you are so any of the nonsense that you experience you understand that this is not the only version of reality and yes that is it yeah perfect yeah Yeah, that's it Zoe 100% when I returned to the UK because I was back and forth back and forth and then my longest stint in Nevis was from 11 to 22 and then I came back for a short while and then moved back to the UK when I was 29 and the the sense of grounding that you just Mm -hmm. mentioned is probably what kept me going through some very challenging times because Mm. as you said I knew that that wasn't the only reality that existed Mm. for me that if it really got to the point where I cannot do this anymore and I don't have to yeah then I know that I could move back to the Caribbean and maybe not just Nevis but St. Kitts, Antigua, Mm. Anguilla, Jamaica, you know Barbados there were many other options that I could explore and so having that definitely held me and anchored me and possibly for a lot longer as well where I'm like yeah okay I'm gonna stick it out a bit more I'm gonna stick it out a bit more but whatever I still came back yeah yeah (laughs) but Zoe you know we're speaking of the feel-good factor of of having these options of Grenada, St. Lucia and Nevis but the practicality of the move Mm. right and you mentioned at the top of the conversation the red tape right of moving from whether you're moving from the UK or the US to the Caribbean you did this but you did this not just for yourself but for your children so you moved your entire family to a small island because Grenada (laughs) I mean it's bigger than Nevis is it bigger than Nevis yes how big is Grenada yes yeah Grenada's bigger Grenada's yes yes yes, 100,000 yeah yeah. yeah, you know, but it, but relatively speaking, it's still a small island. Mm-hmm. The practicalities of that, I would love you to just take us through. Okay, I'm moving to the Caribbean. What are the top three things that you feel, from a, a logistical and practical standpoint, that people need to consider? So, if I woke up today in the UK and I'm like, "Bun this," <laughs> <laughs> I can't do this no more. I need to go. What are the top three things that you recommend that that person does? Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing I would suggest that you want to think about is like, 
what are you hoping to achieve by moving? Like, is it a sense of well-being? Do you want to earn more money? Do you want to just have more sun and sit on the beach and drink margaritas? Because I think understanding why you're moving is really Mm -hmm. important. After that, I think then comes income. Like, how are you going to earn your money? Like, if you've got a trust fund and you don't need to worry about money, like, let me be your friend because I would like that. dream. (laughs) (laughs) I would love that to be my vibe. But I think understanding income is important. I think there are more and more options now than there were, say, five years ago because so many people work remotely and a number of Caribbean islands offer digital nomad visas. Who does? Antigua, Barbados, Dominica. Um, a number, a number do. Grenada, unfortunately, doesn't. Um, but understanding what do you need in terms of visas, if you want to to live in another Caribbean island is really important. For mm. me, I knew for a long time that I wanted to at least have the option to come back to Grenada. So I applied yes. for my citizenship in 2015. So by the time it came to making a move, I, I already had my passport and there wasn't, there weren't no barriers to me being able to be based here permanently and to start a business etc so that's what I would say I would say what what do you want what 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 does your sense of purpose look like what's what's the reason for your move then mm-hmm. understanding how you're going to fund achieving that lifestyle and then what are the bureaucratic things you need to go for do you mm. perhaps have Jamaican citizenship and you want to be based in Barbados if you're educated to a certain level there are ways that you can set up a business as a self-employed person in another CARICOM state. So in a way, Mm. you're not limited by the fact of where your citizenship is held. For Mm. folks within the OECS, which I can't even remember what that stands for, but the Eastern Caribbean. Organization of Eastern Caribbean States. Awesome. 10 points to you, Chantal. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there are even fewer restrictions there. But again, it's not as complicated as as people think it might be. So in Grenada, there is no digital nomad visa. My kids don't yet have Grenadian citizenship. Mm -hmm. But what I do every three months, they've they've come here on a tourist visa and I just pay to extend their visa every three months. And it costs 75 EC, which is about 25 pounds. Oh, wow. That's so good. Wow. Yeah. So a lot of folks living in the Caribbean, I need like citizenship by investment and Mm. I need to spend 200,000 pounds. But yes, because you see them advertising that a lot. And you're like, yo, I I don't have 100K to just drop. Exactly. But we know that's cool. It's not for us. us. But Zoe, you mentioned the digital nomad visa. And Mm. so again, for those of us who may not know what that is, could you kind of let people know what the digital nomad visa is and what's the advantage of perhaps being able to get one of those? Yeah, so a digital nomad visa will typically allow you to stay in a country. It's not just a Caribbean has them, but they'll allow you to stay in a destination for 12 to 18 months, depending on on where you apply. But what that does, it gives you a longer stay than your typical tourist visa would, which would be either for three to six months, generally for folks from the UK and the US. And it will vary. So some destinations like I think Dominica would allow you to ship a car and pay um, less taxes than you would typically. They'll give you help in finding a school. Mm. Um, and they what, what typically is allowed is that you are allowed to work remotely. So you can't move and then find a job on an island that will take away a position from a from a local person. Right. But you mm. could work remotely for someone in the US or for the company that you work for now in the UK. Um, mm. So it's very much for remote workers. And what it does 
is give you that peace of mind. Like when every time I go to the passport office, I don't have a guarantee that the immigration officer is going to extend my kid's stay. Like in yeah. theory, they should, but you know, it's the Caribbean. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> so yeah. if you want peace of mind, the option of a digital nomad visa is definitely one to consider. But again, there are ways around it. I think for Barbados, which was the first Caribbean island to start offering, I think it's about 1500 US that you have to pay. You have to earn at least 50,000 US per year. Um, You have to give evidence of your income. And it will vary. I think the Cayman Islands has one and you have to earn over 100,000 US. So it really does oh. vary. Yeah, I know. That one's <laughs> off my list. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it varies. Barbados, um, uh, the Bahamas has one. But yeah, there, there are numbers. And I think it's more for peace of mind, that's an option to consider. If you know that you want to be there for a long time, you perhaps you want to island hop and don't want to have to worry about whether you'll be able to get access when you return. Yeah, right. that's an option to consider. Wow, that's really useful information, Zoe. Yep. But can I say um, one thing? One sure. thing that I really want to stress is that for those of us who have Caribbean heritage, like we mm-hmm. really need to be more consistent about applying for passports. Yes. Like the number of people yes. who I know who don't have citizenship, it's just, it's so easy to apply for. And like the options that it opens up, even if you decide you don't want to do it, to, to give that to your children, I think we need to be much more consistent on making sure that we explore yeah. all citizenship options. Absolutely. I mean, I'm dual heritage, Navision and Jamaican, and I am a Navision citizen and have my passport, but I have been considering <laughs> getting a third passport, which would be my Jamaican passport. Why not? Yes. And I'm like, why I not? Definitely. I would. <laughs> And the Jamaican passport is one of the easiest to apply for. You can apply yes. online. Online. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And they actually advertise, they encourage folks to come back. I think Jamaica and Barbados seem to be the most active in engaging their diaspora to keep those links through citizenship. And I, mm. I wish more islands did that because in Grenada, mm. they make it very difficult. It's almost as if they just want you to send wow. a barrel, but not come back. And not come wow. back. Just send your things. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> Yeah, really interesting. So Zoe, how long have you actually been in Grenada? You moved in the middle of the panorama, which was what, 2020? No, I actually moved. I was supposed to move in January 2020. Mm -hmm. I ended up moving in July 2021 after Uh, nine cancelled flights and all the drama, all the good stuff. So yeah, I was very happy to get here. But I also oh. did a, a trial run of living here for six months back in 2015. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's been a long, it took me a long time. It took a very it long time long to get time. here. Okay. And what for you has been the most challenging thing in your transition to Grenada living? Ooh, gosh, there's so many, you know, if I'm going to be honest. A lot, man. <laughs> <laughs> Um, was being like on the surface level, like yes. I think I totally over romanticized the food situation. Like in all uh-huh. of my videos, I was like, hmm. Yeah, move to the Caribbean and eat fresh fruits and drink la 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 and juice every day. But yeah, the reality is a little bit different, and especially mm-hmm. if someone who didn't grow up eating, do you guys call it provisions like blogger green banana? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 
if I was to adapt to eat that daily, my life would be so different. But I find it sometimes I want like a M&S meal or like, a, you know, like a salad in a bag or just choice <laughs> to go to the supermarket shelves and there's like nothing on the shelves. Can you hear from my voice that I'm slightly triggered by it? But um, Yes. Listen, that, yeah. I think people people don't like you get so much more variety in the UK because yeah. you get mangoes 24 uh-huh. seven. You get all kind of because it's back home. It's what's in season. Season-o. So and I find also I just find like our diets are really bad. We're not a salad based greens um like culture. Like Senusha, mm-hmm. if you want breakfast, if you like street food is fried big, fried dal fried chicken, fried fish, barbecue yeah. pork, like there's, yo, and then they'll still be like a leaf of lettuce, a slice of tomato, right. and like <laughs> coleslaw with like five Cold scoops snow. of mayonnaise. mayonnaise. Uh-huh. <laughs> and Potato the salad. Yeah. That's oh, a Caribbean no. salad, right? So we do mm. eat, uh, this whole thing about living on an island is all this fresh fish and fresh fruit, uh-huh. especially when it's like dry season, guava season, and nothing, nothing in season. Boy. So it is in the UK. Definitely, that's something I know I'll miss. Just having I access did romanticize to, that to mango well. anytime, 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 whatever. But I find that just generally, it's very hard to get healthy food back home. Thank yeah. you. I feel the same way too. What do you say, Sharina? Are you do you experience that as well? I over romanticized the food situation just like you on mm. my instagram i have a whole saved videos on food tropical foods tropical yeah. meals to prepare blah 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 <laughs> blah 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 you think i've done one not one because when i go in the supermarket and i watch a bag of salad for 20 uh-huh. something dollars no. you're like oh you're gonna stay yep. right there sure right when I, when I go and buy the bag Ooh. of frozen vegetables for 40 something, 40 something dollars, yes. I'm like, hey, <laughs> that ain't gonna work. <laughs> so Yo. it's the ground provisions for me. <laughs> hey, I did romanticize the food and, and the fresh, the, the, the organic, mm-hmm. you know, you go everywhere and you have your organic this and your organic that. Yeah. Nah. organic where yeah we are the nah. worst pesticides though nah that ain't happening it's we're not happening some there's certain farming areas in San Lucia have the highest rates of cancer because of farmers oh. over yes. because they're very heavy-handed with the pesticides exactly mm. so i'm like yeah you know so all these things it was an awakening it, the reality was very <laughs> food, different from what i awakening. built up on instagram <laughs> Ah, I'm sorry. Different. I'm laughing at the awakening. You're watching, you're watching too much Shaka I mean, oh, you know what, Fiona? I was gonna call you guys, Zoe. This is this is what we do. We go off on a tangent. Oh God! I was having a conversation yesterday, right? And it has nothing to do with food. But thank you for answering the thing that I couldn't remember. Fee, we were talking about the Black Panther movement. Don't ask. Um, <laughs> and various other things. Mm-hmm. And for the life of me, I could not remember Shaka Bars, that name. Mm-hmm. And it was frustrating the hell out of me. I'm like, I'm going to call Fiona and Shireen. I cannot remember <laughs> this person's name. I cannot. Thank you. I'm going to go back to that person and say, this is who I was speaking about. Okay. But on the food awakening side, Shireen and Zoe, you may have noticed I was strangely quiet during that. Yeah, whole, and I know um, you and your food. Because, uh-huh. okay, okay, Nevis has a lot of good food. 
And our government has put a lot in the last 15 years into encouraging farming and a return to agriculture amongst our young people. So we do have quite a number of young people who now work in agriculture, have their own farms. They're very much about organic, the lessening the use of pesticides and all these things, right? Mm -hmm. And so in Nevis, there is a, and I, I'm not gonna say it's balanced because it, it's not, because the, the supermarkets do stock local produce, but the local produce goes real quick. And you mm -hmm. have to know for each supermarket the yep. day that oh, they wow. get their local produce. And trust me, everyone, people are sending WhatsApp messages. Yo, Rams have the lettuce, right? <laughs> so yeah. Everybody got up by Rams to get their lettuce. Or you just sign up with the farmer themselves and they'll deliver the lettuce on a certain oh, day wow. or whatever it is that they grow. So I do appreciate, I do appreciate Nevis for that. But when the local things run out, and one has to buy one's lettuce because one wants to make a good salad. Mm -hmm. My mom sent me a screenshot of a romaine lettuce for $32 yeah. that she found Woo! in the supermarket. And she was like, this is absolutely ridiculous. Lettuce yeah. shouldn't cost more than $4. How oh, is one head of lettuce. A one head of lettuce. Yes. And like yes. that's madness. It's not every day you want to have provisions and no. whatever. Sometimes you want your quinoa. Yeah, and oh, the quinoa is there. It's not that it's not there. <laughs> but I don't want to spend $56 on a packet of quinoa. Exactly. And thanks a lot. So, Zoe, you raise a good point. That is a challenge. I love the fact that you guys get this because I just like a spoiled, crazy person if I say it. No, you're else. not. Like, you, know, you feel no, my Zoe. pain. You feel you're my not. pain. You're you know, if I had a broccoli, you know, crazy stuff like that. And my yes. kids love apples. So they're like, they've got like a, a $20 a day apple habit. Oh, like, liar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you see a bell pepper or sweet pepper mm. for $20, one, one pepper. Come on now. I'm like, oi, you go stay right there. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you know what? I brought some seeds down. I have to plant them. I just yes. need some garden space. I brought some seeds down. I walk with them. Yeah, mm -hmm. I bought seeds too. That's that's my solution. I'm going to stop complaining about the supermarket and start growing my own stuff. Grow so your I'll, keep, I'll keep you posted. Please do. <laughs> Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. So Zoe, whilst you're busy growing your fruits and your veggies and, you know, raising your children and getting them to like sand, where are you having your fun? Like where you're liming? Where do you go in Grenada? Do you have- Liming? You don't like I wish. You... I wish. No. I mean, when my kids were, so sometimes over the summer, my kids were with their dad. And my plan was like, yeah, it's carnival time. I'm going to go out. But I just like to rest. You know, I think I'm still, um, how would I say it? Deconditioning from the UK. Mm. Yeah. And it's taking oh, yes. a lot longer than I thought. Yes. Zoe. Oh, my God. Thank you for that. Yeah. Yes, say it again, please, for the people in the back. Please say it again. <laughs> yes. It takes time. You want to give yourself a lot of time. You think, okay, I'm here and now I can hit the ground running. You really can't. You need to unplug. And it was you, Chantal, in your interview with me. You were the one who reminded me of that. Yeah. So you should preach. Yeah. <laughs> Tell the congregation. <laughs> you need to unplug. <laughs> and being in an island, being on islands where going slow is the norm, where very few people are rushing, it makes it a lot easier to just take a deep breath and go slow because no one around you is stressing either. So I love yeah. that. I love, love, love that. It irritates me at times, but I've learned yeah. to appreciate it because if I don't want to be going 10 miles an hour or 20 miles an hour, why should the woman in the supermarket, if she wants to take her time scanning my items, you know, that's just, that's part of what comes with being on an island and learning to love yep. time yep. is it's beautiful. It's beautiful. For me, I gave myself three months, not even three months. I gave myself six weeks. I oh. said, I'm going to relax for six weeks. I'm not going to take up any work, do anything. It's now almost three months and I'm still feeling tired. I'm ready to go. Mm -hmm. I'm doing things, but mm -hmm. I'm still feeling so tired. Like I need more time. However, like you said in the beginning, we need to know how we earn in our money. And yeah. so I cannot, I have to go out there and earn that money. So it's, it's, it's like my body is saying, yes, boy, enjoy that relaxation. Enjoy waking up and just chilling out in the sunshine. Enjoy going to the beach and just relaxing, read a book. However, I know that I have to go out there and work. And I do not know what it is. I do not know if it's me being so programmed that I have to do this, I have to do that. And and the sad thing is I don't want to fall back into the same routine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to go back into the same mundane routine of having a nine to five, doing this, doing that, and not living. Because that's the whole point of coming down here is to live, to enjoy this. So I don't know. I don't know how to navigate it really, but I am enjoying it. I really am. <laughs> yeah, I think I've had the same journey as you, Sherwin. I was actually, so I work remotely for a company in the UK that does race and diversity training. So mm, there's definitely yeah. something about choosing to dial back into racism. <laughs> I'm like, hmm, does this make sense? Do I really want to be doing this going forward? But again, even with that, I've reduced the number of hours that I do because like for my kids, I, I want to be present for them. And I think for me, that was a big part of the move of being able to be more present. And I just think... When I do return to London, one of the things I notice, like, you know, when you go on the underground on the tube 
And as you're going down the escalators, there are adverts on the side and then on the platform, there are adverts. There's everywhere. People are just selling you stuff. Buy, 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 consume. It's true. I I don't know what it's like in St. Lucia, but in Grenada, there's a lot less advertising. There's a lot less expectation that you're constantly supposed to be producing and consuming. Mm. And I think even just that shift in the environment gives you permission to maybe earn a little less or spend a little less you know and I think that that's quite it's a subtle but significant shift that it's it's handy to lean into I think also too in the UK there's you cannot do anything recreational without paying right anything you anywhere you everywhere you go you have to pay if it's Mm -hmm. and I mean the UK has so much stuff if it's bowling cinema all the different restaurants there's so much stuff but you have to pay and if you want respite just to sit down and chill it's probably going to just be in your house or if you're outside you you spending money yeah but back home you can just sit down on your veranda or sit down on a stoop somewhere in the neighborhood or go by the beach or go on top of a hill and just watch a view there's lots of places for respite where you're not spending money so because hey the weather is so shit and (laughs) your only place to just sit and chill without spending money is inside your house your only kind of booster of respite or joy is spending money and buying something or paying for a service because that's because the weather i think if the weather was better in the uk Look at how, like, one little piece of sunshine will come here and all the parks are... Everybody in shorts. (laughs) Right? All the bodies coming out. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. And with kids, Fiona, you have a son, right? And I just find with kids in the UK, it always involves money. Yes. 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 Like, my son, when he comes, when he comes to St. Lucia every day, want to go and swim, want to go and swim, want to go and swim. Shui knows the story because when he did... He did swimming at school here and they failed him. And that was after he had spent the three months in St. Lucia and he taught himself how to swim. Wow. Now, Daman <laughs> loved Daman love a video game. He loved a phone. He's addicted to devices like a lot of our kids now. But when put Daman by the water mm-hmm. and he'll be it's there a wrap. the whole day. And I just let him do his thing experiment in the water learn how to navigate himself he'd be there for hours right until he taught himself to swim from one bay and cross a little peninsula and then go to another wow. by himself and that's for free that's for free <laughs> that's yeah. for free taking your kids on hikes or going by the river there's so much more free stuff to do if they like nature that's the thing yes yes well you know what i think it's a good way to get them away from the devices. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm happy when I see Lucas is down here, Zoe, and Lucas is playing basketball probably four times a week. Nice. Now, before, it would be home video games. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm so happy to see the boy out there playing basketball, doing things, sweating, then he coming home, mm-hmm. he exercising. I'm like, yes, this is what I love. This is what I want to see. Yeah, Mommy, I'm going to the beach. This is what I want to see. So I'm, listen, I love it. I love, I love that they're here and they're experiencing these things. It is just like the best thing for me. Sorry, it is. <laughs> but um, what I wanted to ask you, Zoe, your business, the Exodus Collective, what type of people come to you? What's your average customer? Where are they in their life? What are they experiencing? And what type of people are they? 
Yeah, it's a real mix, to be honest. I'd say the typical person who approaches me is probably, I want to say somewhere between 38 and 48. So, you know, mm. they've had a chance to sort of get their career up and running. They, they've reached a, a point where they, they want something more. I would say I probably have more folks from the US and Canada than mm-hmm. I do from the UK approaching me, which is kind of interesting. Typically, when, when I was growing up, when you think about people moving back to the Caribbean, you think of folks who are, you know, in their 60s, 70s, retiring. Whereas these are people in them in the middle of their careers, but who want a change perhaps in the quality of life. They want something other than just increasing their income. So mm-hmm. quite often they're looking to set up businesses on the islands that they're moving to, or they're looking to turn their existing business remote so that they can do it from anywhere. Most, actually, no, I mean, it's a mix of people who have a link to the island that they're from, or they just want to experience another Caribbean island. So I have one woman who's looking to move to Grenada. Her parents are Jamaican. She came to the island for the first time like a month ago. Um, but yeah, she just, there was, there was something about Grenada that appealed to her. And yeah, it's it's a mix. It's it's people in their, in the mid, mid I want to say, I, mean, I guess we're midlife, aren't we? That feels so mm. horrible to say, but yeah. Folks in, in the middle of their life who are looking for a change and who want a, a deeper sense of quality, I would say. Mm. Okay, it, it makes sense, and it's not, and it's not the older, older people, no. the much older people that, and and that makes so much sense because to me, I couldn't see myself being in the UK at like fifty. I couldn't do it. Mm. I could not even envision it. Me being in the UK at fifty, fifty-five, sixty, no way. No, I couldn't see it. No. So it's it's very interesting that all these that, that's young, forty-eight to forty-eight. These are young people. Yep. I feel so. Yeah. And I think also that whole that entrepreneurship thing, it's not folks who are coming, looking to come and get a government job because, you know, they value yeah. their sanity and they need a certain level of income. They're looking to set up their own thing. And also, yes. I think I really encourage people to come and do things that can add to society rather than detract. Mm. So not people yeah. who are looking to come and pay people minimum wage or, you know, some really crappy job. But what mm-hmm. can you do that can like really help? local people grow whether it's creating opportunities for for young young people or other entrepreneurs it's really how can you use your relative privilege that you have Mm. from spending time in the US or the UK or Canada and use it to other people's advantage here because I think reversing that brain drain is a really important move forward yeah 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 and what advice I think I don't know if anybody else has any more questions, but what advice would you give to us JCBs <laughs> coming here to integrate and how do we, how, um, how we have all of our expectations, like we've already discussed, what advice would you give to us in terms of approaching the people who did stay here and mm-hmm. make it work and run the country and, and keep things moving what advice yeah. do you have to us to adapting to the, I don't want to call it lackadaisical <laughs> or laissez-faire, oh, but the yeah, slow, we... the slowness of it all. So what advice know, is it slow? I don't, well, no, I mean, I don't know exactly, Fiona. I don't mm. know if I agree that it's, I don't know if lackadaisical, I think. No, no. to a certain extent, some of them, Gasser. I don't know. I don't know. I think. Shall we? We have to be careful in the language and, that oh, we use. Okay, okay. Can we? Okay, let me go back. It's a different that. pace. It's a different pace. It's a different. Right. Okay, it's, it's, a different it's pace. we coming with our fast pace, 
fast paced 20, 30, 40 miles an hour attitude <laughs> and coming to where people do things in their time. Yeah. I mean, oh gosh, I feel like I should get that answer from you because I think you guys have a better <laughs> idea than me. But I would say yeah. two things. I think whatever you do, whether it's like someone in a rum shop or someone mm. in a government building, approaching it with a sense of humility is really important. Yes. I think yes. we don't realize how conditioned we are, like how colonized we are in our own thinking. And Boy. sometimes we bring a bit of that with us. My reason being for um, speaking about the slower pace was it's just, a, okay, for example, I've applied for Haley's birth certificate. Haley was born here. She has a birth certificate here, but it was the wrong one. So mm. applying for the new one and it, uh, uh, thank God, you see, you know, when you know people and that's the other thing, uh-huh. is here, it's who you know, eh? if mm-hmm. you want things to be done, it's who you mm. know. And I know people and she's working on it. But we started working on that t- two weeks after we arrived. Up to now, mm. I get that birth certificate yet. Mm. And I want to apply for my St. Lucian passport. And hey, they warning you, telling you don't even apply yet. Because if, unless you're traveling in an emergency situation, I do not know if it's still that way now. Mm. But I cannot apply for that yet. Thank God I applied for Lucas's citizenship in January. <laughs> of this year (laughs) before we moved down I Mm. applied for his citizenship he got it just before we came down but it's it's just been a it's a long process to get anything done bureaucracy and and mainly government yeah Mm -hmm. mainly Mm -hmm. government but it's just like yeah I, I I don't get it I don't understand why that is but Mm. I've had to learn I've had right. to learn to nod and smile, <laughs> nod and smile, nod and smile and say, thank you. Yeah. And we say to the lady, you, your hair looks so beautiful today. And <laughs> you know, wow. You know, I, you had, you, I hope you had a lovely weekend and you, all these things, just be really appreciative and thankful for everything. Otherwise, boy, somebody said to me, civil servants, they're not being paid enough to be friendly. Mm. So it's like that. So mm. I do not know if you experience it other places. And I'm not knocking yeah. Sanushan civil servants, civil servants, all of them, because I've only experienced a tiny, probably less than 1% have experienced. Mm-hmm. So I'm not knocking all of them. I'm just saying this is, uh, this is the experience I've had. And mm-hmm. I'm sure it's like that. You know, when they say you go into the DMV in the U.S., what you get is what you get. <laughs> I'm sure it's the same way everywhere. You get me? But yeah, that's my experience. That's been my experience. So I don't know mm. how how somebody who's hot-haired come down and want everything done now for now, as in the UK and in the US, how do you counter that? How do you deal with that? I don't I think, think you can. There we go. <laughs> I don't think you can. I'm, but showing. I agree. I would say, and again, it's not to not Grenada, but some things are slow. And I know sometimes Grenadians get offended with me. They'll be like, "Who do you think you are? You've just come to this island, and you shouldn't." And they're right. You know, I should know my place, and I should keep yes. quiet and shut up. That's very mm. true. But yes. if some things clearly are not working, not even for Grenadians here, then I think we should be allowed to have a discussion about Absolutely. are there ways 
in which it could be improved while acknowledging that it's a developing country, they're working with limited resources, there's mm-hmm. centuries of colonial like mismanagement that people are having to work through oh every God. day, like all of that stuff. Yeah. But yet still, so for example, I had a conversation with someone just last week about um, the rules for applying for citizenship in Grenada. Mm. And they're not, they're really hard to find. In fact, Mm. I would suggest perhaps they're not even written down anywhere clearly because they've recently been changed. And, you know, I can understand that sometimes things take time, but what really kind of, I tend to, you know, I'm the same as you, be nice, take a deep breath. It's a different culture. I'm here to learn, blah, blah, blah. But when people say to me, like, well, why would you expect it to work? That's when I, I lose my cool. Because yes. I yeah. think like abandoning all hope and just yes. accepting the yes. fact that things are a mess, that doesn't yes. make any sense to me. No, yes. it doesn't. It, and I can't believe someone said that to you, Zoe. Oh, yeah. A lawyer. Oh! <laughs> An actual lawyer. There's An no actual hope. actual lawyer. <laughs> Yo! No. Yeah. It's how rude of you to have that expectation that yes. it's working. You rude woman. Exactly. <laughs> Who do you think you are, you British person, thinking that things are gonna work according to the law? I'm like, okay, all right, okay then. Let me just go drink some coconut water and mind my business. Yeah, and mind your business, Zoe. Exactly. Drink your coconut water because you at the very least you know the fantasy living tropical food living thing we can yes. get coconut water yes right yes. so true. yeah man drink your coconut <laughs> water and mind your business so that is the advice we're giving today on relatable for those of you- <laughs> <laughs> literally sometimes it's only that yeah i think the long and short of it is just be humble Mm-hmm. Be humble. Yeah, you understand? Don't come here with your thing, expe- expectations, and just be humble. And that's yes. something I'm eating a lot of humble pie. And just, like I said, smile and nod. Smiling and <laughs> nodding and being very nice to a lot of people. Probably I don't need to be nice to, but I will do it anyway mm. because, hey, I come for peace. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's and that is it go ahead Zoe no I was going to say to answer you the second the other part of your question of what have I found challenging I think what I've also found challenging is accepting how British I am I don't (laughs) don't want to be but I am really British and I can't get it out of my head and I really hope like over the decades that I spend here I become less British but I'm so conditioned but I acknowledge that and I also have come to acknowledge that what I assume is like the way things are done isn't it's the way I think things should be done like it's all relative there isn't like a standard mm-hmm. way in which yes, life so yes and I think that understanding that helps you from you know going crazy and that's the thing you don't yeah. want to come here and go crazy right no. you really don't and so for me and I have the privilege of having spent a huge portion of my formative years here and also my young adulthood so I think for me coming home, I managed my expectations and I also came out of my Britishness. Okay. And 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 accepted and came in knowing that I was coming home to the Caribbean. Yeah. Right. And not yeah. to expect a certain not and that it's not about not to expect, because I think anywhere in the world, anyone should expect easeful customer service, right? Mm-hmm. It is an expectation that we should have, but there is a difference. And so for me, 
expecting and accepting that difference has yeah. gone a long way to managing my mental health and my emotional <laughs> well-being. Yes. Because I don't want yes. to be stressed. I don't want to be yeah, angry yes. all the time. I didn't yeah. come home to, I came home to, to rid myself of that. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, and it's like you said, Zoe, you know, I don't, <laughs> I want peace. Yeah. <laughs> I came home for peace. And so yeah. if I know that it's going to take me like 10 years, very, very big exaggeration, mm-hmm. you know, to get an answer from from me which seems to be a really bog standard question mm-hmm. then I'm, I'm not going to spend those 10 years stressing about it I'm going right. to put my focus elsewhere and yeah. I will yes I'll make some calls I'll ask my friends who have lived here longer than me and say yo what is the deal with this and you know what I may get a real nugget of information that actually Shani, yeah. no 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 study with that one there this is the one you need to go to. Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. And this is what I'm, I've learned as well. I speak to people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Speak to people. And people know people. And it's a small island. Let's say, mm-hmm. oh, Gassa, my cousin working there. Or my sister doing that there. Yes. My sister know that person. Mm-hmm. I know somebody. What are you doing? You, what? Why you spend so much money doing that? That's <laughs> a, come, come, come. I know this person. And this is yes. how it works. Yeah, so 100%. We, and we again we can't come with our Britishness. I I say I lived in an a, an apartment with hundreds of people. I didn't know my next door neighbor. I cannot come down here with that same attitude of keeping myself to myself and not speaking to people and asking mm. questions. And mm-hmm. no, you have to if you want to get anything done. So mm. it's 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 been a real learning a real education but Mm. a good one as well because I find myself being more sociable people know me in the area now know my kids in the area now Mm. Haley was stranded some time ago and a vehicle just pulled up and said I know you you live by where I live Mm -hmm. and she's like really you know me and he said come where you going let's go I'll give you a lift and I would not advise. <laughs> I listen, relatable family. I would not advise. <laughs> However, she was stranded and she got a lift and it was a trustworthy person. And I'm very grateful for that. But people know you, know us in the area. They know my kids. They know that they have a white boy that always falls asleep on a bus. They know. They know. <laughs> so it's beautiful. It's beautiful. But yeah, it's it's coming here with our you being humble. humble. Be humble. I think yeah. that would be my advice to anybody. Just be humble. I agree. And I had a similar moment a couple of weeks ago. I took my dad to the airport and because I've got a terrible car, the, the battery died. And I'm mm. like, turning my kids in the back. I need to get home. I'm turning the key. And before I've even opened my bonnet, someone had circled back around and knocked on my door and said, oh, it looks like your battery. I thought your battery might have died. Do you need a hand mm. starting your car? Like in England, you'd be standing there in the snow with your bonnet open and everyone driving past. People just passing you straight. In fact, they're all making move on the road. Exactly. (laughs) Here, I hadn't even opened my bonnet and someone was offering me help. And to me, that's Grenada. Like, yes, sometimes some things may take a long time, but people are just so kind. It's community, so There's still a sense of community in the Caribbean, and which is what I love. I've mentioned it in previous episodes. It's still there. The community spirit is very much alive. That's something, that's an experience, a big experience. And then also understanding how do you contribute to that rather than just taking from it. Exactly. So Zoe, we've had a really 
quite a juicy conversation and you have given us food for thought, <laughs> food for thought, back to the food. But where can people actually connect with the Exodus Collective? So the best place to connect with the Exodus Collective is on YouTube. We post videos all about moving to the Caribbean on a weekly basis. And I would highly recommend people watch your interview because that one was pure gold. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> And then on top of that, we also have the Exodus Collective website, which is uh, theexodus.co. That's kind of more focused on Grenada and tackling the issues that we've all been talking about in the sense of getting things done. It's all mm -hmm. about who you know and how do you get those connections? How do you find out what happens when nothing is written down? And really just building community. Because I think that's the other thing when moving abroad, like finding your people really makes a difference to how willing you feel to stay when you have those tough days so yeah it's it's a space where we're building a collective a community of people who are all wanting to do awesome things in the spice aisle it's an amazing collective and thank you for creating that space for us all those who are moving those who have moved and those who are curious so thank you zoe before we say goodbye to you and before we say goodbye to everyone actually we have a section called What is Bringing You Joy? And so I'm going to start with Shoween. Shoween, yes. I know it's your birthday week or the tail end of your yes. birthday celebrations. Yes. But what has brought you joy over the last few days? I went to the Sulphur Springs. You finally made it. I made it to the Sulphur Springs. And it was so funny. <laughs> it was so funny. I got there and my partner watched me and my partner is like, you're not going to go all. The I said, I'm going all the way up. So I went to the head of the springs where there's a big sign saying no entry and no unauthorized <laughs> people. Of course, of but course. we went there and it was packed with tourists. And mm -hmm. I'm like, I am bathing amongst these people. Let the people do their thing. I put myself all the way at the top in the head. And my partner watching me like, Casa, what are you doing? I'm like, come join me. <laughs> That's where I stayed and I bathed. Eventually, I got told to come down. And <laughs> <laughs> Typical show. <yeah>. <laughs> I was there, I was not having it. But you know what? I came down and I was in the baths and we stayed there for almost two and a half, almost three hours, just wow. in the water, taking in all that glorious nutrients and minerals. Yes. My skin was happy. So that really, really brought me joy. I got a tongue lashing from Fiona because I didn't take the kids with me. I'm like, hell no, it's my birthday weekend. Absolutely. And I no kids behind me. So <laughs> I, <laughs> I enjoyed that. So Good. that's what brought me so much joy. And my skin is glowing. My hair still stink because of this, the, 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 um, <laughs> the sulfur. But it's all right. It's all right. I, I'm, I am happy. So that's what brought me all the joy this week. How about you, Chantal? What brought me joy over the last few days? I guess it would just go back to our soft hair screening event on Sunday. Yeah. Just the sense of community, the sense that Dominique and I had created this space for people to come and have meaningful conversations, take in Caribbean cinema, cinema films made for us, by us where the young people that were there were able to see and hear themselves 
you know, looking at a big screen like, yo, and knowing that this film was made by someone who it was part of her university project. She did it for mm. her final year in 2017. So knowing like, yo, what? Okay. So I can tell our stories too. You absolutely mm-hmm. can. And so for me, that definitely brought me a lot of joy, you know, hearing my mom say how proud she was of me. You know, I'm a big grown ass woman, but hearing, <laughs> you know, my parents say that to me still means Never. so much yeah. because yeah. I know half the time they don't understand what the ass I doing. You know, <laughs> when people say, you know, what's Shani doing? What, what, where's she working? You know? them to even explain well she's working remotely with these two filmmakers she's also got island girls rock and she's doing these wellness things like they don't you know they don't have they don't get it they don't understand they don't get it they don't understand it but no matter what you know for them to say wow you and your friend did this thing and i'm so proud that meant a lot to me and that brought me joy zoe Mm. what about you what's bringing me joy is my new man Hey, 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 How are you just dropping that on us like that? I know, and then I'm going to You can't just drop that on us. And I'm here boggling. Like, what? What? Okay, we need to know more. Can I just put that out there? Why not? Sorry, let me focus. What were you saying? No, we need to know more. Go ahead. Go ahead, darling. I'm really a really lovely Grenadian man. You know, everyone knows what, what the, the reality of uh, dating. I mean, many of us know the reality of dating in the Caribbean. It's not for the faint hearted. But yeah, I was having a chat with my friends saying, you know, how am I going to find a guy on the island? It's it's really challenging. And, you know, there's some stuff that is just difficult, like the horning, the this, the that, the that. Oh, yes. And miraculously, someone who's absolutely awesome has crossed my path. And I'm just really oh. grateful, flawed grateful and joyful for having um a wonderful caribbean man in my life so yeah I... oh my god yo zoe zoe never give I up love hope. love <laughs> this is so awesome yeah. i'm loving yeah. this because it's like between you and sherwin you are restoring my faith that it is possible it is that it is, is a possibility to align with my love yeah. Somewhere in the Caribbean. I don't know. That's if right. Nevis is very small. And like you said, Zoe, there's the issue of horning and yes. dishonesty. And yes. I'm at a point in my life where I can see straight through it. And so it's like, well, it may not happen for me here in Nevis, but there's many other islands and people are traveling and moving right. and we shall see. Yep. But to hear this yep. from you, this is wonderful. This yeah, is never give up hope. You know, I actually did a whole interview on romance in the Caribbean and didn't once really? mention, no, no, but I didn't once mention the partner that I was with in the entire interview because <laughs> I'm not gonna waste my time. But this one is so good that I thought, yeah, I'll drop him in at the end. So yeah. Oh um, can I ask you a question, Zoe? Yes. Mm-hmm. Is he a jab jab? You know, he's he's never played jab. He's kind oh, of no, 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 yeah. no. Zoe, no, no, no. Okay, no. you know what? He was winning. He was already winning for his existence. And now, no, the man never played jab. Never played jab. His granddad was a real jab, but now he's, he's, <gasps> he's like a unicorn. Don't no worry, don't no worry. One he's day he'll play jab. Don't no worry. <laughs> jab we'll spirit will take him. We'll oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the jab spirit will take I'm playing jab in St. Kitts for carnival. We have a, a oh small, yeah, we have a small community of Grenadians um, oh, who live wow. in St. Kitts. And so for the past 
I would say maybe five years or so, they have brought Jab to the Sankis Nevis National Carnival. I want them to bring oh, it. I here. love that. I'm so excited. I'll come. I'm very excited. I will give you yeah. the dates. I'll give you the dates. <laughs> I'm very excited. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, Fiona, what brings you joy? I'll tell you what brought me joy. Seeing my friend Tanya perform in Sister Act. We mm. drove up to Woo! Milton Keynes um, mm. to see Tanya perform. I've seen my friend, her name is Tanya Nicole Edwards. Yes, Tanya. And she's St. Lucian, British St. Lucian. And I've seen her in Carol Hay musical, Carol King musical, mm-hmm. Motown. She was in Lion King. Um, that was mm-hmm. her first, that was her first musical that she got into when she was 17. She's been in Hairspray. I've seen her in about six or seven um, shows, Book of Mormon. Book of Mormon, yeah. Um, and I'm always, always so proud of her. So, mm-hmm. so, so proud. So that was what brought me joy, just to see like this Caribbean woman who has traveled around the world, who can sing the pants off of anybody. And to do so every single day is always it always strikes me like, how do these performers in like West End and who do know these musicals do this like every single day? Like, it's amazing to see. So that's what brought me joy. Excellent. Yes. All right, then. So we're at the end. We are at the end of this episode of Relatable with our amazing guest, our esteemed guest, Zoe Smith, founder of the Exodus Collective. It's been a true joy, actually. To have you here dropping these gems for us, Zoe, much needed gems. And we're sure that our listeners are going to benefit hugely from this episode. Showween, I know the show notes queen. She's going to put all your links in our show notes. All the information will be there in the show notes. Thank you so much for the opportunity to chat with you ladies. It was so much fun. I had a real (laughs) giggle. Good. (laughs) We're happy to provide you with a space to giggle, Zoe. And Anytime. You're welcome back anytime. If there's any time that you have something going on that you want to talk about, let us know and come back and talk to things. Thank you so, so much. Thank you for all that you guys do as well. Okay, folks. So that's it for this episode of Relatable. You know where to find us, wherever you get your podcast fix. Don't forget to rate, review and share so that people out there in the world can hear the voices of Caribbean women and men, because we do have men on our podcast too. Big up Brandon and Breeze, uh, only two <laughs> male guests so far. <laughs> Don't worry, we're bringing more. We're bringing more. We'll bring more. We'll bring more. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. And remember, a shared journey brings, brings hope. <laughs> Relatable, because a shared journey brings hope. 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.